0: Under Curtain Jerks right here on the Comedy Podcast Network. I'm your host Scott Narver and this is a best of interview show. That's right, we got interviews from the past in the catalog with some of the greats. We got your Terry Funk's, your uh your John Morrison, your Steve Austin, we'll get all that to a we'll, we'll get all, to all that in a little bit. They obviously speak far better than I do. Uh, I'm a comedian, I'm an actor, I'm a writer. I'm a podcaster, I'm a YouTuber, and uh, bringing you all this fun stuff each and every week. So to help support Curtain Jerks, this episode is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Loot. Go to ProWrestlingLoot.com, use the promo code Jerks, J-E-R-K-S, and get stuff sent to your door every month. And you get 10% off your first loot when you use that code. You get stuff like DVDs, you get stuff like t-shirts, you get stuff like autographs. They just send it right to you. Here I am sending you interviews with big name wrestling superstars and they send you swag they send you stuff to put on your body you know if you want to put an autograph on your body you know just lick it from the piece of paper it's on and just press it against your forehead then you have their autograph on your body you'll feel like a regular uh guy that <laughs> met marty Jannetty. you will more on that in the future everybody More on that in the future. So, go to ProWrestlingLoot.com. Use the promo code JERKS. uh, You get 10% off your first loot, and it helps support this show. Uh, So, let's get to the interviews here. We got a whole bunch of them. uh, Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose. Some of you love them. Some of you uh, hate Roman Reigns. And everybody loves Dean Ambrose. Let's be serious. This was me talking to them back at WrestleMania 30 uh, about their time in The Shield. I'm here with Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose. guys, second Wrestlemania. You're following up uh, the excellent match that you guys had at Elimination Chamber with the Wyatts. How do you guys feel going into this year's Wrestlemania? I feel like Superman
1: right now. I feel like we can't be stopped. I feel uh, like we're going to go in there, we're going to run through all those boys, and we're going to go out and celebrate.
2: I feel like uh, uh, when we're on an RA game like this, and it's a big night like Wrestlemania, and uh, there's all this energy and, uh, you know, uh, big-time players play big-time on the big stage, and uh, I think we're going to be back at the hotel before 9 p.m. and just kind of uh, wipe the floor with these, uh, these guys tonight. And, uh, you know, it's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly real fast.
0: All right, well, we're excited to see you guys. Uh, there was some dissension for a little while amongst you, but now you guys are here together. You're signing autographs together, of all things, so it seems like the, the camaraderie is back amongst the shield. Is that safe to say?
2: Who are you to tell us what dissension is? You know what I mean? Like, come on.
0: Oh, my camera guy. We get we have dissension
2: all the time. You know, so yeah, but you you know, know. he still films you, and you still you know talking the yellow microphone. You know, it works. You know it's what I mean? A
1: huge difference. I mean, when you take three of the most badass dudes of all time and you put them in a group, there's obviously going to be some tension. You know, we have huge egos because we're badass. So every once in a while we may bicker, but we're brothers. Anybody steps in at us, we're gonna we're gonna fix it. And we're gonna go at them. Plain and simple, man.
2: Yeah, iron sharpens iron, and
3: we are sharp tonight. I'll tell you that.
0: Well, I've soiled myself, and I'm excited to see these guys. It's WrestleMania. Thank you, Shield, for your time, and I hope you guys get a victory over the Authority. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, go change your draws, bro. What better way to go from Dean Ambrose to the guy that gave him the weapon at WrestleMania this year that paid off in no way whatsoever? I'm, of course. I'm talking about Terry Funk and his chainsaw. Yes, Terry Funk at WrestleCon uh, was a blast. Terry Funk's one of my all-time favorites. So enjoy, Terry Funk. You know, one of the things that when I was thinking yesterday, I go, I I remember this moment. One of my best friends in the world talks about it all the time, that there was a match on Thunder that you had where it went out in a (coughs) hard sprawl and then you ended up getting kicked
4: by a mule. Do you remember that? Where it was. No, how could I possibly remember it whenever a goddamn mule kicked me? (laughs) I I, I didn't know
0: if later that night that mule left with his life or not, or if he went back there and just took it out, or what happened.
4: Well, later on, it wasn't too good on the mule. (laughs) Especially whenever we got him tied up.
0: But that is what my friend, when he first introduced me to. To kind of
4: like tying a guy up in ropes you know he can't, he can't defend himself yeah. <laughs> it's just like the mule we tied the mule up you know, the, yeah. and I just beat on him <laughs> <laughs> that's,
0: that's my friend as he showed me your stuff for the first time he goes this man got kicked by a mule and still wrestled and I go that's the toughest guy I've ever seen in my life
4: well thank you very much I don't know if it, it was the toughest guy but it wasn't the smartest guy was it Hey, but that's that's a true statement there. You know, sometimes uh, smartness uh, overrides toughness. It really does. You know, and you have to learn that through through experience over a period of years. You know, I've wrestled a lot of times in my life and my career where I was injured and thought, well, I'm going to be the tough guy, but I wasn't the smart guy. I think with that though um, the the
0: positive side that came out of that is for fans seeing seeing that bravery and seeing that courage and seeing what you were still capable of doing even though in the long run yes it hurt and it was bad but seeing that strength and that strength comes through and for other fans to see that
4: and, and that that is it's great it's great for for other people to if they want to take it as a lesson but the real lesson should be that hey there's certain times that you need to get out of there and not continue on and that that is really true you know and i'm not talking about getting out of life i want to live life forever you know i want to live to be 120 or 130 and uh you know i also want my life wife to live to be three days older than I am, you know, believe that or not, but that's the truth is I'd love for her to live longer than I do, that's the only way I want to be around here, but the the business is, uh, it's tough and uh, you you don't want, you get enough injuries rather than creating more for yourself than what you truly need, you know. Mm Um,
0: and another thing that we had briefly chatted about yesterday was, every time you're in a movie, every time you're in a TV show, it's it's just a big smile on our faces. You know, Roadhouse, Over the Top, Quantum Leap, uh, just seeing them all, and it's always it's that it's that more credibility because we're actors too, and we you know we see those guys and we go, a lot of those guys are phonies, but the second that you show up as another bad henchman, it's like. Uh, the hero is in trouble. That hero is gonna get his ass
4: whooped. Well, that's good. That's what we wanted. Uh, you know, it's been a it's been a great thing for me. It really has. You know, it's, uh, speaking about the industry itself. You know, not just my my wonderful roles. You know, uh, Academy of roles. You know, I, I wish I would have made an Academy role. Uh, but you know, it's um, it's a wonderful business that I did for many years. A lot of people don't realize that I did that for over 15 years, and uh, and those, and now I am a sci- I am a sci- considered a SAG sci- artiste, and I am retired, and they send me a check every month, which I'm very happy about and uh, very smart for me because there wasn't any medical at all in the world of professional wrestling at at that time in the time that I've been in it. And uh, I got all of my, uh, I got my family's uh, hospitalization and all of that, you know, and uh, myself, and it was a smart and wise thing to do, you know, and... uh, a lot of the guys wound up short because they they didn't have any kind of insurance, but I did. Well,
0: see, you were smarter than you thought. Maybe you are smarter than you are tough. I,
4: I definitely would uh, someday want to be or come back to this world again as, as a brain surgeon.
0: <laughs> Terry, thank you so much for your time.
4: You're welcome.
0: Now, if you think Terry Funk's a badass, which he indeed is, without question, I don't know if you know of a guy named Tommy End. Tommy End is blowing up the independent scene all over the world. I got a chance to talk to this guy when I visited the UK, and this dude is badass. He will just kick your head straight off. This guy's amazing, and he needs more of a following. So, in case you never listened to Tommy End when I had a chance to talk to him, now I sat down with Tom Anstey from Wrestling Memes, and we talk to the man who thankfully didn't kick our heads off, Tommy End.
5: Uh, well, I'm Tommy End. I've been wrestling for 12 years. I've been wrestling mainly in Europe. I've got a, a contract in Japan for Big Japan for wrestling. I work in the States very often uh, for CZW. Um, I've been wrestling a lot in the UK, the United Kingdom, since last year. I've been there before, but Lately, especially last year, I've been building up my name a lot more in the UK, and I've been wrestling all over the group, so. That's
0: great.
6: And uh, you are one half of a tag team with a lovely, uh, nice Carl name, uh, if you tell, tell Scott a bit about the tag team as well.
5: <laughs> I'm also part of uh, the tag team called the Sumerian Deaf Squad uh, with my tag partner and a uh, well, lifelong friend, actually, Michael Dante, okay. who is, uh, I think, five sizes bigger than me, and uh, is a massive powerhouse, a really mean dude, really big, powerful uh can I can I swear on yes. these parts? Oh yes, motherfucker. Sumerian <laughs> <So. laughs> Death Squad. Yep.
0: Okay. Um that's that's your, where the your best question names is going to be, where does the name come from? I w wa- I wanna know how excited you were when you finally hit that name. And well, what was the name right before where you're like, I guess that's the name? Well, All right. It's actually uh um there's a, there's quite the story there.
5: Um when I was younger, I grew up with a bunch of friends, and uh, I've always been hard, like, like, like really, really into the hardcore scene mm-hmm. and hardcore metal stuff like that.
0: Your your uh, incredible tattoos don't really seem to show that from you. Okay, awesome. <laughs> so that so that we got
5: that clear. <laughs> yes. now, okay, okay. So, um, and uh, a buddy of mine, uh, we were fifteen at the time. Okay. So a buddy of mine used to always say, for the fun of it, "We're the Amsterdam Mosh Esquadre." Um okay. And uh, up to the point where Donat and we started wrestling, uh, West Section Wrestling in Germany asked us to, you know, we want you guys to tag. And we always wanted to tag because we we grew up together, we trained together, so we know each other in and out, and we've mm-hmm. always pushed for when you guys are gonna let us tag. So eventually they said, like, okay, um, you guys are tagging, um, Go with it. And we were sitting in the car on the way, and we're like, do we really, do we really want to stick with the Amsterdam Moshbed Esquadré, right? (laughs) And then we're thinking, because like both our interests is very into like occult things, conspiracy things, and uh, I'm very high on uh, religious things. I'm not a religious person myself, but I like to read about it because I find it very interesting to read all the stories of all the religions throughout the world. And uh, one of my favorite, favorite subjects in uh, the world's history are the Sumerians, or pretty much the first modern civilization there ever was and they wrote about, which is a conspiracy theory, they wrote about on clay tablets how we were manufactured between an alien race called the Anunnaki and a, a, a human being, or more, more or less a primate. And that's how man's existence started. Mm-hmm. They have this written on clay tablets. It's the first modern civilization ever before that there was nothing. So okay. this is their story. And I was always really fascinated by that. And um, I always kind of like the idea of having a deaf a, squad. Mm-hmm. a, def- a, def- a def squad. So we we picked the Sumerian Deaf Squad and we're like, you know, that's it. That's the name, the Sumerian Death Squad. And we kind of based the entire uh, gimmick. Like at first it started out more as like uh, hardcore based, like we were these anti-hero hardcore kids and you know, anti-establishment and this and blah. And uh, during the time we started calling our tag team was, uh, uh, conspiracy theories. So we had like mm-hmm. uh, the Majestic 12. We had the 21 Gunsword. We had the martial <laughs> law power bomb. So we were it's thinking awesome. to ourselves, going like, but why do we like this so much? Why don't we include that more into like the, the characters that we are? So yeah, nobody's doing anything like that. Exactly. So we started doing it, and we got a great response. So what we basically do, if you if you type in Sumerian Death Squad promos or or ICW promos, because they're more, they, 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 those uh, those characters were really pushed in ICW. Yeah. If you type them in, um, you'll see us doing really creepy promos with seances and uh, candles and pantograms and talking about how the Illuminati sends us contracts to take out other wrestlers and it caught on really quick because people really seem to like what we're doing because it's something you haven't seen before plus the, the tag teams maneuvers that we do is also relatively kind of
0: unique what we do because mm-hmm. we kind of think outside of the box. Well, it's great, yeah, you have this dark and dangerous but it's not too fantastical by any no, means. No, not at it's, all, no. It's, so it's something that
5: Fans can relate to, I mean... I would call myself, if I would describe the gimmick, and I'll call businessman.
0: Oh, that's great. Keeping with the UK theme, and my friend Tom Anstey from Wrestling Memes, we had a chance to talk to Rockstar Spud. And they get along great, because they're both from the UK, and me, well, not so much. I'm an American, and at the time, it seemed like Rockstar Spud was a little anti-American and had trouble understanding me so uh i love the man but boy he is harsh harsh to a guy like me enjoy rockstar
6: spud i want to know what is it like constantly having to deal with those bloody yanks because i would not be able to bear it
7: well i think he's flipping australian
1: for one so that's how he's not dealing with them he's dealing with a blind leading a blind (laughs)
8: unbelievable
6: unbelievable all right and uh now uh, this is going to be this is a this is actually I'm using my insider information here, as uh, I was speaking to uh, Francesca Wood of Wrestletalk TV uh, on Sunday. Oh, bless her. I know, bless her yeah. lot. But she she told me that you and her have been bow tie shopping. And, uh, uh, we have, yes. We and have, yes. I want to know how many bow ties do you own? Uh, several, and uh, the most expensive bow tie I own is over a hundred dollars. What? What? What is that yeah. bow tie made of?
5: Uh, we might as well be we made a solid gold road of
1: fucking $100. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's many sequins, sir. Uh,
6: and, uh, you know, many sequins and, and rhinestones. So it's very, it's very out there. I'll give it that. Oh, it's, that sounds beautiful. Uh, Split, it's a
0: pleasure talking with you. Um, I've been. Uh, touring England and seeing the British wrestling scene. And, uh, it seems British that... British wrestling scene? Oh, God. <laughs> God. I
6: apologize. God. I apologize. to deal with
1: this. Really? I uh, carry I on, mate. It's a UK uh,
6: phone call and you got to deal with it. But, I mean, you know... Like... It's, a, it's, a, it's a UK tour. and obviously be the young kids in Carry on. Carry on. <laughs> um, well, I was going to ask, uh,
0: that... Were you looking forward to possibly this year showcasing your skills in ring in an Ultimate X match? What the fuck, do you
4: know
1: what I want to do there? <laughs> didn't she, didn't she that much? Crazy? Um, right, okay, okay. Well, I'm getting paid very well as my services are the chief of staff. Why would I want to go out there and potentially risk my life in an Ultimate X match? You tell me that. If a championship's on the line, you know what, it might be worth a risk. Oh, oh my god. Alright. You know, Alright, the,
6: go the, the championship's on the line. Do you do it then? What's that? The championship's on the line, do you do it then?
1: Well, yeah, I'll do it then, no problem, because, you know, I'll potentially get more money. But um, at the same time, it's a great risk, and, you know, I'm a very important member of the, uh, the Impact Wrestling roster being the chief of staff, and Dixie Carter needs me. You know, the world needs the cars, and without, and without me, there's no cars. Not you know what I'm you. saying? You know, you know the, snow, the snowball rolls up,
6: uh, you see, yeah, see,
0: these are the things we need to know whether or not you'd want to do that. So, see, it's good that we now know. I have
1: know. no idea, mate, I have no idea what you're saying. You're way too American for to me. Where are you from in America? California. California, Cali, as
4: they call it, yeah? Just to make it sound a bit cool, yeah? Yeah, right. Yeah, like, you need subtitles, or I either I need you to speak into one of those uh, phones
1: where they, you know, you know, catch you around and go, he said he is from California. Yeah,
0: I be more helpful with that. I, I could think. do the robot yeah.
6: speak for you if you like. you could what? I, I could. I could. I'll, do it tra- for I'll you. translate. He said he yeah, could. Yeah, trans- he, trans- he, for I'll him, translate right? every question. Okay. <laughs> so Scott can do the robot speak for you if you would like. That is what he was telling you. Perfect.
0: Yes, yeah,
5: I understand that.
0: What does everybody want? Al snow, and head. Well, that's fair. I mean, we all want a little head. Uh, when this episode's over, I'm gonna go to Craigslist and see. If I can't find another interview with Al Snow, you sick freaks. Uh, That's all Craigslist is good for is just to find Al Snow interviews. But need not worry. When I went to WrestleCon, Steve and I uh, had a a chance to sit down with Al Snow and chat with him for a little bit. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, A hardcore legend, this guy. And one of the funniest guys in all of wrestling. Enjoy Al Snow.
8: We're here with Al Snow, who had moderated the Bishop and Pritchard uh, debate yesterday. And Snow, I thought you did a great job. But my favorite part of it was, as a moderator, you also were spirited and had your own opinions. So whenever there was something that you disagreed with, you'd step in easily and be like, oh, I'm not just going to moderate, I'm going to also weigh in on this. And I appreciate it, because I felt like it was three different perspectives instead of just two.
1: Well, thank you very much. I, You know, I tried to take more of the fans' perspective or... What the audience's perspective was a little Thank bit you. from the outside so that, you know, what it looked like to us so that they would maybe better explain what really was happening behind the scenes.
8: Do you feel like since you were sort of working and you were in the trenches and they were kind of calling the shots, like not just for the fans, but also for sort of your perspective for working in it, do you like, do you feel like you got to address that at all?
1: We didn't get to, to address a lot of stuff. There was, there was so much ground to cover. Um, you know, in two hours was sufficient time because it's. But there was so much more that could have delved into and could have looked looked around and seen what what else they could come up with as far as information. But
8: oh, you're such you know. a showman! I love when you burned that guy when he got a soft topic because it was like we were working our way through the trajectory of I Monday was. Night Wars. And I you were was, doing a great job.
1: I was slowly trying to get. To where we would get to the culmination, where WCW got sold, and what happened, and why, and he just came up and took us completely off and out the out in the woods somewhere.
8: I, so you also asked Bischoff and Richard both what they, their legacies were. I know you didn't get a chance to say anything after that. Like I feel like we got wrapped up. But do you feel like you asked it? I was wondering. Do you feel like you had a clear idea of sort of for yourself? Like a legacy or things that you've accomplished? A legacy for me?
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't, you know, the only legacy I think I'll leave behind, if I leave anything behind, is
8: uh, the people
1: that I train. That's,
8: that's gigantic, though. I mean, like, that's an educator in any sort of field. That's huge. That's more than a legacy. That's generational. You're, that you're making history.
1: I'm hoping. I'm hoping that that's the one thing
0: I can leave behind. I That's think awesome. just not only that it's you're one of those affectionate characters that uh, I, I would imagine you see it a lot of the time when people walk by and they see you in the recognition and it's an immediate smile sure. that uh, I, you know we always like to have fun and we always love comedy in wrestling uh-huh. and have much more affection for those characters because it's odd that it's frowned upon comedy and wrestling when it's hard to make people laugh and when you do it you're endeared to those characters and you and Mick and all the all the Vegas stuff like the, the constant um, sketches and, and things that you guys did I think that's always a big legacy too because there's plenty of characters in wrestling but you don't laugh and I think that means a lot well, thank you very much I,
1: I uh, you know um, tried to take a not too serious approach to it be serious and be competitive but not so serious because after all, it is professional wrestling. I mean, um, and I think professional wrestling is a lot like a three ring circus. You have to have, not every guy can be the badass. So you got to have a couple badasses, then you got to have a couple guys that are entertaining and funny, and then you got to have a couple guys that are something else, and then you got to have something for everybody. And when everybody's a badass, nobody, when everybody's the same, nobody stands out. And, uh, you know, you're not gonna find a memorable person when
8: everybody looks exactly like Russell's exactly like talks exactly like each other. Do you train people to be fluid so they could sort of go from being a badass to being a comedy character to like sort of? So you these are the skill sets. If you excel at this, then you should you should stay in that place. You obviously you're a badass or you're gonna be funny. Do you train people to sort of like? But if there's ever an opportunity, it's because.
1: Being a badass or being a being funny or you know is all circumstantially driven. Yeah, totally. When you when you categorize yourself and say, "Well, I'm the funny guy," then your real life doesn't work that way. So wrestling doesn't work that way because wrestling is nothing more than real life term, with the volume turned way up. So for uh, one of the guy, one of the people I trained to, okay, you're a funny guy. That's what you do. But at no point in time can you ever be serious or when a a circumstance will create itself where he has the necessity to be serious. Yeah. has to change gears, has to become, you know, a different person to sell that situation. And
0: if he doesn't or he can't, he's stuck. Now, who do we all miss in wrestling nowadays? It's clear. It's obvious. It's right on the tip of your tongue. Say it with me. Daniel Bryan. Yes, and I know we're like, well, you never talked to Daniel Bryan. Oh, contraire hunted him down at San Diego Comic-Con a couple of years ago and got an exclusive interview that I don't think Daniel Bryan has ever said to anybody else on the digital tapes, what she said to us. You know, guys, this is going to be hard-hitting. This is going to be very... Very important. This might change your life. My time with Daniel Bryan. Hey, Daniel Bryan. how's it going? Thank you for tuning interview yep. for my podcast. Yep, sure. Uh, right. I can't do an interview. I can do a picture or something if you want. Okay. Yep. Sure All right.
4: Let's
0: go. Doesn't do interviews, huh? Who would have thought it? You know, except for major outlets that, you know, are approved by the WWE. But with us, no, not so much. So uh, we go on to a guy that did talk to us a lot, has appeared on the show many, many a time, a good friend to us, and also uh, did a movie with Steve and myself, which I'll tell you more about that after this little snippet of fun with John Morrison. You just did... Uh, a picture was is tweeted out of you working with Tiny Lister Jr. You were a cop and he was your your uh, your perp. He that you was worked. the perp.
2: Yeah, um, for I,
0: fans, that's Zeus from No Holds Barred.
2: Yeah, or, or Debo from Friday. Exactly. Um, yeah, the it guy, was, uh, well, it President was really, of the yeah, world. President from, of the world from, from Fifth, Fifth element. element. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> um, working with Tiny was awesome, man, um, and, and uh, it definitely. First of all, like uh, I, I loved that he just called me Nitro the whole time <laughs> on, on set. Nice. He, like the stunt coordinator was, was putting together this, this huge fight scene is this guy from like the fifties and he was like, Yo, Tiny, you when, when John Wayne threw a punch, you gotta cross the face and make it a big movie punch. I know I know you guys have done some stuff before, but let me let me tell you this, how this fight scene's gonna go. And then um This was John Ford. This, he, was, he was a uh, – he's, he's, I don't know. I don't want to put him on blast, but he okay, he okay. was an old-school stunt coordinator type guy. He was a very nice guy. Cool. And uh, Tiny like kind of listened to him for a few minutes. and was like, Nitro, what do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, that, yeah, he was a, Tiny was a trip, man. The movie was interesting, and I've done uh, – I've been doing a lot now. Yeah, you, you – constantly,
0: whenever I see you, you're always talking about this next project you're working on. You just got a feature, yes?
2: Yeah, and um, as part of the uh, – as part of this feature – I, uh, it's <laughs> hasn't been officially named yet, but sure. it's, uh, part of, as part of the feature, I'm, I'm playing the lead of this feature, I've got like 35 to 40 pages of lines that I've, I'm trying to memorize, it's the most lines I've had to memorize for any project, which is, uh, which is awesome, just because it really is boot camp for acting, but it's yeah. also like, holy shit, that's a lot of lines. You got a love um, scene? Um, well, I mean, I wouldn't do a movie without at least a couple of love scenes. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, uh, so that's, been, how, that's how you seduce her. <laughs> nice to see you, little oh. lady. So I've been doing these like six, six to eight hour rehearsals for, uh, Man. for those love scenes. <laughs> um, no, I bet I have been doing some rehearsals for for some fights and, um, and the acting in this uh, in this feature that's coming up it's shooting starting next week in big bear it's oh, gonna cool. be uh, three weeks up there I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and it's it's definitely a, a step for me in in the right direction in the world of acting
0: what's a line that you yell give us one of the lines that you just you yelled that someone's far away and either stopping them or tell them to get out There's of there one. son of a bitch <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no water ah See some previews really, of the That's all you need to know. I like. haven't
8: seen you as a very highly intellectual person. <laughs> Run! <laughs> He's here. Go! Run now! Uh, that's, I don't know. Oh, I think I just blew the audio out of this thing.
2: <laughs> no, 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 it's, perfect. it's oh, perfect. Okay, good, perfect.
0: Uh, so that's cool. That's exciting because that's your big focus now. You're doing a lot of uh,
2: doing, doing a, lot a lot of acting. Stuff. Like just uh, just wrapped up on shooting Boone the Bounty Hunter, which is a movie that I co-wrote. It's about, uh about a bounty hunter that does parkour to catch his bounties. Cool. And um, you know, I'm I'm gonna probably end up playing the lead. <laughs> 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 yeah. Who would have thought the the fun thing about Boone is it's it's very similar to wrestling in a lot of ways. Like Boone the Bounty Hunter is a reality show bounty hunter and um he's he's got his fans, the Boonatics, and he hits things like the boon salt and he boons people. So he's <laughs> he's turned his name into an adjective and it's almost like a full wrestling personality but what's cool about making a movie and, and writing a script is it can dig in to the layers beneath this wrestling persona. And who is this person? Who is this person this person is portraying behind that? What happens when that's taken away or stripped away from somebody? What does uh, what does a, a man do?
8: So it's a, a redemption story.
2: And if Yeah. And if the man we're talking about is Boone, he kicks some ass.
8: Is this a feature, a short film? Or? It's a feature. We, cool.
2: shot, we shot a sizzle trailer for it. Very cool. Very oh, cool. Are you awesome. thinking about
8: doing Kickstarter or anything? Or are you going to big time producers or
2: I'm going to go, uh, you know what? Um, I don't know. I'm definitely, uh, it's, uh, it's been talked about to do a Kickstarter, but in the, in the immediate future, it's, it's going to, uh, about a dozen different producers. Kick ass. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Very cool.
0: Uh, speaking of kick ass stuff, uh, recently this past Sunday was the, uh, money in the bank pay-per-view, which yeah. you are familiar with that matchup with, uh, ladders and all that. Uh, there was uh, many competitors doing this, and I know you you've done those matches before. I wanted to ask you about um, and getting involved in those matches. How do you prep your family for seeing something like that where you, they know you're going to get hurt? They know you're you going to be jumping off a ladder
2: and doing something crazy. It's it's a tough thing, but I kind of just play it down. You know, like a, like there's different like sometimes if you're if you're a, got a, a singles match at main you're like, hey guys. Watch this. It's going to be a really good match. For For a lot of those matches, like the TLC and the Money in the Bank matches, I wouldn't tell my, my parents or my, my family or my loved ones to watch. I would just kind of Go for it, and they would inevitably watch. Did they? And saying, then, did they watch anyway? Yeah, they would totally watch. And then inevitably, they would talk after and be like, "Why do you do that? That's, that's, what were you thinking?" It like, was kick ass. Yes, exactly no. the answer. Yeah, I was thinking it would be pretty awesome. Did
0: your ninety-five-year-old grandmother go like, "Yeah, yeah kick their asses"? <laughs> <laughs> I remember the pretty one much, show, yeah. <laughs> the the show that uh, when you and I first started working out together, I went to one of your shows. You got us tickets, and your family was right in front of me
2: at the at the Staples Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Like they go, like,
0: you like made a call out to them and. Because you were, like, pointing toward – I didn't know there was your family. And you, like, pointed towards us. Throw, I was like, oh, my God, he's saying something about me? What the hell? <laughs> they they're, they're, they're he pointed right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. me. <laughs> he pointed right to me. I was like, what? Your mom Hi, hand, Mom. Your mom,
8: <laughs> your mom handed off the, the lead pipe or the blackjack. Or...
0: She, yeah. Mom's always there when you need her. Huh? Yeah. Mom, a roll of quarters. <laughs> Those are, that's for laundry. Stop it. Don't <laughs> hit him with that. The chloroform <laughs> rag. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also another thing coming up, uh, Oh wait, no, I want to mention this. Uh, one of the guys that was involved in money in the bank, uh, they get, there was a big brew. Ha ha. There is the shield. And, uh, you, I, I sent you this, uh, this picture on uh, Twitter about Seth Rollins, uh, doing this, this, uh, it CrossFit. He was doing these CrossFit. Are you, yeah. I showed yeah. You this picture. Um,
2: the, the picture that you sent was, uh, was with Seth Rollins doing like a, a handstand pushup at this, uh, CrossFit gym in, in Japan. And, um, you know, like Seth, Seth's a, is a really talented guy and, uh, <laughs> the, uh the, the, handstand push up that he was doing is, is cool. It's like a nice, uh, it's a nice transition into doing some out of your mind fitness type exercises. And I think it's really cool that he's, uh, he's taking his fitness seriously. And, um, I think, um, if he, if he keeps at it, hopefully he'll, uh, he'll get into a little bit of better shape and it'll start, um, paying off and you'll be able to see a difference in his in-ring work.
0: Well, yeah, they do wear those. The shield wear those tactical vests. Maybe they're trying to hide something. Those
8: are skin tight. <laughs> That's <laughs> they got a lot of the pouches. Skin tight. Just, yeah, those you are. never know
2: what they've. Yeah, they've got their cargo pockets, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, there might be Cheetos and Doritos in That's there. That's what I was
2: about to say. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably not low-carb, whatever it is. (laughs) Uh,
0: And also, uh, SummerSlam coming up in L.A., you've got uh, a big match that everybody's talking about. Can you you get us tickets? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Who let that guy in here? uh, Sorry. I I had had
8: four beers for lunch.
0: (laughs) You got CM Punk, who you you wrestled in the past, uh, and you have Brock Lesnar, who I think you guys missed each other right like you you weren't there at the same time
2: we uh our paths crossed the my very first house show a live event at uc davis where i went to school um okay he was the very first person he was the school bully (laughs) yeah he was uh, he was the very first person i saw like i uh i just won tough enough i rode my skateboard to the uc davis rec hall and down the ramp and the first person i bumped into was brock lesnar and i picked up my board and i was like hey what's up bro and um, like he, was, he was standing next to Kurt Angle, and he just stared at me and didn't say anything. And then um, later, Kurt Angle told me that uh, Brock saw me skating down the ramp and thought I was a fan and told Kurt he was going to break my neck. And um, I think moments before, like Kurt was like, oh, wait wait a minute. I think he might, uh, he might be one of the guys. I don't think you should have heard of Brock. <laughs> which, uh, which is the very first, uh, first time I actually met Brock. It wasn't even a handshake. It was just a mean Brock glare <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so we, we overlapped I think for, for a few years and, um, and since then I had like a real conversation with him a, a, a couple times and um, now he's back it's kind of cool seeing Brock back did you guys ever wrestle together at no. any point? No, I was never. Would really... you
0: ever want to? That seems like a guy that it's like, no, no, thanks. What do I have to do in order to get out of this? I really don't <laughs> want to just wrestle. Seems that seems like it's going to be painful. It uh, seems uh, like he put me like in that ladder match.
8: It seems like he's playing along until something goes wrong, and then he decides to just take someone's arm from. And like Brock goes. Wait, into business I could do himself. this for yeah. real. <laughs> yeah,
2: I I wonder that sometimes too. But uh, you know, honestly, I think it would be awesome to wrestle Brock. I mean, yeah? he's just. He's so interesting to look at because he definitely seems like an evil dude, you know, and like an unpleasant guy, like the kind of guy that if you're sitting at a bar with and like uh, there's just you and Brock Lesnar and you're drinking beers, you might just leave. I don't know. I mean... The dude looks like an actual Viking. He looks yeah. like he can he's take a, a bite out of that. Yeah. Bar, he's a I descendant, that, supposedly yeah. of Vikings, and it looks like he's
0: not even one generation removed. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. No, he, he
8: stepped off He stepped off one of those dragon shaped bones. Yeah, and shaved yeah. his head. Yeah, and then went to the gym. And yeah, he and looks then, like the guy that Hitler was trying to create for, for,
0: Just like Hitler is like, no, I want this. <laughs> build this. <laughs> Keep getting, yep, okay, that's a, yeah. keep getting these skinny guys like, I want un Brock Lesnar un Brock Lesnar! Soldiers, they made Captain America make me a Brock Lesnar John Morrison Johnny Mundo, Johnny Nitro all the, all the incarnations of John that he's been uh, of course if you don't know now you know Dave Made a Maze a movie that Steve wrote I'm in, John Morrison's in Hopefully coming out later this year, they're still working on it, editing away, putting in special effects, putting in music. There's a lot of stuff to make in a movie, but if you want to know more about it, search Dave Made a Maze on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll get updates on it. I'm really excited about it. We're going to have John back on the show. Hopefully, I'll wrangle Steve back on when it all comes out, and then you guys will be able to watch it, but John's always been great to us. And another person that's been great to us, one of my favorite ladies in all of wrestling, uh, this was a monumental conversation between Steve, ODB, and myself. Enjoy, as everyone does, and grab those fun bags with ODB. And that's something I've always been curious about, too, that um, you know, Steve and I are performers, and you know we do acting in movies and all that sort of stuff, and your character throughout the years... When you had, you know, you had first shown up on Tough Enough, and you still had the character of one dirty bitch then. And throughout yeah. the years, how it's how it's grown and how it's changed. Were there particular moments where you had it, the nugget in your head, and what you wanted it to be, and then it just started clicking? Like, what were those instances where something was like, "Yeah, I can do this now," or "This makes sense to me now."
9: It just takes years and years to get your character developed. Mm -hmm. And yeah, right away, I already had my name before you know I went even to tough enough. I had the ODB, I didn't have the character yet, though. I mean, you should see me. I didn't have you know, I didn't have no double D's, I didn't (laughs) didn't have the tattoos, I didn't have you know. The rest me voice really yet and then hit puberty so it's kind of like it's funny to look back i'm like oh my god what the hell was i doing like so it just took me a long time to really develop odb and i think once i was like oh i get it i got it it was when i was at OVW in 2005 to 07 mm-hmm. that's when i really got the odb character down because they let me do my thing because i was you know, one of the only chicks not under contract, so I was there, you know, for free. I was bartending at a bar and training, you know. We were training seven days a week, and and that's when I just said, you know, I, I didn't get called to TV, but they were interested, you know. They, they said, we got to do something with you, but then, obviously, TNA came, and I was like, well, I think this is a better opportunity because Triple H actually came out to um, OVW. him and Shawn Michaels, and they watched, you know, a TV episode live, and they pulled me aside, and they're like, wow, you know, you're so different out there. It's very unique, and when I talked to Hunter, I was like, well, I have an opportunity to go to TNA. They're making a, a women's division, and I have an opportunity to be a part of that. He's like, you know what? He's like, I would take the opportunity. But wow. I did, so then, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm glad I did, because I think, uh, and even when I was at TNA, even more of the odb came out you know because i didn't care like i cared but i was having fun right i didn't didn't ask anyone to walk out the flask i just did it you know i didn't ask anyone i could grab my boobs i just did it (laughs) you know and i just tried to see how far i could cross that line that many people don't cross that line they're like oh i don't know if i can do that i better ask never asked to do anything you trouble to say sorry,
8: fuck it. You know? <laughs> oh, it better to apologize later than ask for permission first. Yeah. Exactly. That's the rule. Yeah. I was like, never have to do
0: anything. Screw that. <laughs> but that's got to be the most f- rewarding feeling that, yeah, you, you came up with it. It was yours. You found it. And then you were doing these things. Yeah. When you see other people and they're too reserved to try. Um, yeah. But you're you're going for it. Were there things that you tried that you uh you're like I'm gonna try this oh no that didn't fly that felt weird for me
9: <laughs> yeah a lot of my damn wrestling moves <laughs> it's like I'm not you gotta know your weaknesses and your strengths in yourself and let's face it I'm not a technical wrestler could I do it yeah I could but people aren't gonna pay to see it you know mm-hmm. and I was like I'm a character larger than life and that's what I'm gonna stick to like you know, yeah, I can step it up if I'm in a ring with someone, you know, more technical than me. Or, But, uh, yeah, I tried, like, there's <laughs> a lot of shit. Like, you'll look back at a lot of matches, you never see me take a hip toss because I can't flip bump. Uh, <laughs> so if someone, you know, wants to hip toss me, it's, no, they're not going to. I'm going to block that shit. <laughs> 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 Ooh, hip tosses here? <laughs>
0: Um, but I've always enjoyed, too I mean, I've enjoyed your matches I've enjoyed all the segments that you're always in, too Because oh, you. you you have so much fun You make the most out of every moment that you have in front of an audience Is what I always appreciate oh. And it's, oh, thank you. it's that same sort of thing that you're talking about You go out there and you try And it always seems like when you get If you get two minutes of TV time And you're going to be backstage with, like, an Eric Young Or you're going to be with the okay. Briscoes or something you make the most out of it. Now, is that something that you you uh, you go over with the people that you deal with, or is it you know you you say to that person, "We'll just make it. We'll make it happen." Yeah, just let me fly. I'm gonna I'm gonna rock this.
9: Yeah. <laughs> actually, a lot of me, actually all of me and EY's stuff was just they're like, "You guys got three minutes. To do your thing." Like, and we did because that our chemistry was so good together, and we would just have fun. There was times where we just went off and they're like okay we can't use this because it's, it's way out <laughs> but there's times where it's like yeah like if we only had three minutes on a two-hour show damn right I'm gonna take that three minutes and make you know I'm not just gonna be the girl standing in the background hell no you know and Eli always helped me with that too he's like screw that he's like you're not gonna you're not gonna just gonna be standing here you know if he's out in a match I'm gonna make sure I'm involved and so you got to work, you know, you can't just stand to the side, because I've learned that, I've learned my lesson sometimes where I'm watching it, and I'm like, what the hell am I doing, I'm just standing there, I'm like, no, I got to change this up, and you got to take it, because no one else is, no one else is going to help you in this business, you know, so you just got to kind of go with it, and, and uh, yeah, the, the me and EY things, that was, a, that was a good time, until he got his own fishing show, and then. You know, they didn't know what to do with me, so I was kind of like,
0: oh, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh th- those were great. Those were so fun, and that's, it, it is a shame, like you mentioned, that when someone then goes, well, I don't know what to do with you. You made me laugh for many months doing something with somebody, so I don't have any yeah. ideas. Like,
9: I, I, just, I just don't get that. I think that's just like an easy thing to say to someone. Oh, sorry, we have nothing for you. Bullshit. <laughs> do your job. <laughs> I've, I've I've written you how many storylines? What and you, you can't figure out what to do with me? That's uh, bullshit. <laughs>
8: <laughs> but um, you know, like, do you think that in part is that because you could you could produce the material and that you were so valuable in terms of like yeah I'm gonna make it work or I'm gonna be me? I feel like there's something sort of creatively about people that then make decisions because you're generating the material yourself, ODB, that when they have to generate material, they're at a loss because it's sort of one of the, you've been doing so much work for them already.
9: Oh, gosh, gotcha, yeah. Like it's yeah, because like I've, uh, with all the TNA, like I came up with, um, I had my own talk show on there. And I remember I gave it to Vince Russo. I was like, I want to do a talk show, you know. It's good. I can bring other characters on the show. So you don't have to worry about you know you can put more on, you can put more people in the talk show you know so you can put another you know storyline into it and he
8: was like oh that's great and well, then two weeks later Karen Angle got her own show <laughs> yikes like,
9: what the hell but then it ended up working out where I took her show away and called it ODB's Angle and then talking trash with ODB
8: nice but <laughs> so I
9: ended up getting it. But he, you know, he just he took it for someone else. Um, I ended up
0: getting it, so that was good. <laughs> <laughs> well, what else? Uh, You know, obviously you're you're wrestling still these days, and um, you've got your sauce as well.
9: Yes, I do.
0: The uh, uh, ODB's whiskey barbecue sauce, correct?
9: Yeah, one, one dirty bitch whiskey hot sauce and whiskey barbecue sauce. I got both of them. I kind of... Um, I got it about a year ago. I've been working with someone that has uh, that does a, that does the socks. So he came, he contacted me and it was kind of a thing like because I grill so much, you know, I'm not like the greatest cook, but uh, you know, I live in an airstream trailer in the summertime, so what do you do? You grill out. Have a lot of grill grill out parties. Yeah and I just needed, I needed something to spice up my plain chicken, <laughs> you know, and put some sauce on the meat, and uh, we came up, and I, I wanted to make sure, you know, there's whiskey in it, so that was my main ingredient, and uh, <laughs> came up with uh, a few batches, and I picked the one that I liked, and bam, now we got it out, it's, uh, you know, so it hasn't even been a year yet, so it's been like... You know, the first kind of the fun part of you know getting it out there, promoting it, and it's actually you can get it at um, any Pepper Palace nationwide. There's about thirty five stores. It's a Pepper. It's a hot sauce store. So okay. It sells in there.
8: Though we got to do and a nice taste things. test now. What's that? I said we got to do a taste test now. Oh hell
0: yeah! <laughs> yeah, you we follow? did. We did one a long time ago uh, with, with JR there. We we did one with Jared's barbecue sauce a long time ago trying it with everything that you should try it with and everything you shouldn't and it still held up. So we'll do the same with your hot sauce. Yeah, we got to see um uh, is there anything that you tried with it that you're like, "Well, donuts." All right. <laughs> actually no. Like everything
8: I uh, I put it in my bloody Marys, that's actually really good. <laughs> uh speaking, um, of, drinks, that, yeah. uh, speaking well, of drinks. Uh speaking of drinks. things I wouldn't mind putting it on but well, I won't talk about that right now. <laughs> uh, speaking of drinks, could you pour like straight into a flask without any spillage or do you have to use one of those tiny little funnel things? I don't use a funnel no. I got good aim. <laughs> I do not. So I'm 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 uh, I'm in awe of you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And you go and you sell the sauce at shows and when you do appearances and stuff, right? Like so, if fans ever if there is ever a point yeah. where they're gonna Every see time you.
9: I always bring a suitcase full of sauce, and, uh, so then I'm I actually gonna um, be doing a lot of more like festivals. Mm-hmm. So my goal is actually to pack up my airstream, take that on the road, and go to festivals and maybe hit a few indie shows here and there. So
0: go on a little going a little ODB hot sauce tour. Nice. That's
9: my plan, so now I just gotta freaking do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, these promoters gotta figure out some sort of a big barbecue or grilling uh, session what out
9: what there. I and, mean, it's mean, indie promoters. If any of you indie promoters out there want to jump on board the ODB train, <laughs> you can, uh, I think that would be cool. Like, I would love to, you know, a month or even two months of just going, you know, I love carnivals or any anything festival. You'll go up there, set up shop, and then go to a indie show and set up my airstream in the
8: um, parking lot and have a little meet and greet, a little grill out before the show. Uh barbecue and wrestling seems like a total no brainer to me. I'm just, like that oh, should yeah. be huge. Yeah, it's still nachos and hot dogs. So it's like no, 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 no. No, no you no. need one of those oil drums that's cut in half with like an entire pig roasting inside of it. Mm-hmm.
9: Then I can park free at any Walmart so it works out <laughs> you know, they, don't gotta, they don't gotta pay me for a hotel <laughs> so I think indie promoters are gonna you know if I was an indie promoter I would, I would cook my ass for
0: it so Well, that's It'd win-win that's exciting so on, on top of the wrestling on top of the sauce is there any other side projects that you're working on or is there anything down the pipeline that you got going on that uh, either you want to talk about or plug on here Attending for a long
9: time, and you know, eventually, once my wrestling, you know, starts slowing down, I do want to own a bar. ODB's one dirty bar. But <laughs> so that, that—that's not for a while, though. But that's one of my goals. And then, it's uh, kind of doing my airstream thing right now. You know, just kind of working on. You know, I've had a had a few meetings in New York about stuff, and uh so you know, you never know what can happen. You know, some someone wants to, you know, take ODB somewhere, you know, hook it up with ODB, or, so I'm just working on side projects, you know, I don't want to jinx anything, but, I sure. Had a lot of meetings with some stuff, so, it's, it's kind of exciting not to know your future, you know, I don't really get scared about it, I'm just kind of like, I'm doing the ride right now, and, you know, I think everything happens for a reason, and, so yeah, I think I'm on the, on the right road, we'll see where it, uh,
0: to see where the next turn will be. It comes across much better when you say it than when I do on a first date. Yeah, I don't know what my future is. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows what it's gonna be. It's good not knowing.
8: Yeah. ODB you have a nice confidence when you say it, but it's like I have no fucking idea. I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know where I'm
0: going. I don't know. Can we go Dutch on this, please? Check, please. Check, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh
9: because uh, well, 'cause I'm speaking of dating, like I'm a single chick. You know, I've never been—I've never been really married. ODB's been married, but Jesse has never been proposed to. Or seems like I can't keep a guy more than two
0: months. But uh I'm sure you've been proposed to many a time. It's whether or not that's never, really.
9: Well, yeah, never been
0: proposed to. Well, well these guys are intimidated. Well, I was gonna say, I—you know—I uh, will—I will, I will uh, uh, Jesse. <laughs> yeah. I—I I know we've not met. But I know we've chatted here today. <laughs> Will you marry me?
4: Well, you
8: know what? I don't believe you. Oh my god. Oh, oh. my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, no. god, oh my god. I don't believe
0: it. Well, Steve is <laughs> I in a panic. All out. I have it all planned out. Now
9: I want someone to propose to me. All right. Believe it or you know. <laughs> so you got, <laughs> yeah, I've been kicked out already. Is that more girly girl than people know? Yeah. so am I. <laughs>
8: there's there's high standards, Scott that you've got to meet. So yeah. Well, I'm more
0: girly girl than the most people know as well. <laughs> <laughs> I proposed. I proposed, and she didn't believe me. Ah, oh, someday, someday ODB and I will meet, and then she'll believe me and still say no. But we go on to one of my all-time favorites in all of wrestling, and this was intense, and this was surreal. And uh, I, I guarantee you, I, I had a BS, a BSF of at least 8.6. And that's ball sweat factor. When I talked with Stone Cold Steve Austin at SummerSlam, uh, that we're doing some press stuff, and I had a chance to sit down with Stone Cold for a couple minutes and right away just laid into me like, what kind of podcasting do you do? So when the man asks you a question when you're doing an interview, you answer him. And so I had no choice. And it was a lot of fun, and he was an all-around good dude to talk to. Stone Cold Steve Austin. got
3: the four in with only two inputs. Oh, okay. That's got the four inputs. Yeah, that's their stuff.
0: Yeah, that's their oh, stuff. I mean, them. I am not a tech guy. I've never been a tech guy. I wish I was. Me neither. Oh, it'd make it so much easier. Yeah, I've been podcasting for three years. Um, How's that going for you? It's going all right. It's a slow build. You know, actor, comedian, like we do all that stuff, huge wrestling fans. How did
3: you gravitate to the podcast business, and and what's your style? Mine's kind of like a a guerrilla style. I mean, I'm certainly not uh, perfect or polished. Mm -hmm. What approach do you take?
0: Well, I was inspired by a lot of other podcasts, always been a wrestling fan, was watching a friend of mine doing a political podcast on stage and and just kind of tuned out, was checking out, going, Right. This isn't my thing, but I thought, what can I talk about? And I thought, wrestling. And then I thought, I want to make it fun. There are so many cynical wrestling fans out there that just make it negative and don't like it, but I wanted to have a funny, positive spin on it. And then so my buddy and I, we were doing characters. We do impressions. We do uh, just skits and sketches, like characters upon characters, but still fun, like creating bigger comic book characters that already exist and talking about the fun things in wrestling week to week.
3: It's glad that you talk about the fun things because, like you said, uh, uh, to your point, everybody wants to be the armchair booker and you know, say, oh, why don't they do this or why this? And always pissing and moaning. So, I mean, it's good to see now someone's got a uh, at least a happy perspective uh, to talk about the business. Yeah,
0: trying to re- try and reinvigorate the you were a kid enjoying it once, have that childlike view again. Just enjoy the show for Yeah, now don't get is. me
3: wrong. I'm as critical as the next person. When well, we're sure. talking about booking, positioning and storyline stuff like that. But, you know, when I do talk about wrestling on my podcast, I don't want to ever come across as the bitter veteran because I ain't got nothing to be bitter about. I'm happy as a clam. But I reserve the right to voice my opinion. And sometimes, uh, and don't get me wrong, I don't really sugarcoat anything, but uh, I do it out of a love for the business, so Mm -hmm. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. Uh, I'm blatantly honest, but at the same point try to be as positive as I, I can And if anything, giving constructive criticism.
0: Yes, absolutely. You've earned your stripes. I'd love to talk to you about your movies. Go ahead. Because you've gone from wrestling, now you're into movies. And I enjoy watching each of these projects you do because I'm always excited for the next one that you do. Because I know you have such a passion for being the best at what you do. So I've enjoyed uh, what got the package. is great. The Expendables was a lot of fun. Uh, what's next? So you're gonna, uh, you've done a couple of comedies here and there. I'd love to
3: see you do more of that stuff. You know, the, the thing about it is, going back to the podcast thing, through my show, I've been able to actually let people know that I have a sense of humor because I've walked into a lot of meetings in this town and people think, hey, we've got to meet with Stone Cold Steve Austin. They think I'm drunk, pissed off, mean-spirited, or just a lowlife in general, uh, or very aggressive like they saw me uh, in the WWE. So uh, comedy stuff was, would be something I'd like to do more in the movies uh, I've kind of really fallen in love with the reality genre of television uh, starting with my first hosting gig which was tough enough that got me Redneck Island and now I've got the Broken Skull Challenge I'm working on another project uh, to be named uh, here very soon so I, I love, I enjoy acting I love reality television so I'm trying to focus more of my efforts down that walk
0: yeah, you, I mean, you tap into it so well. The fans have such a love and affection for you, and they love seeing the different sides of you. And You know,
3: I, uh, the thing about it is, I would rather be a version of Steve Austin on reality television rather than someone else in a movie. I find that that bodes better for uh, my personality, really? my time frame, and everything about me. I'd rather be me doing a reality television show about 99% ad lib and not have to remember about uh, memorizing Any dialogue and trying to be, I mean, because anytime you do something, you want to take it to the highest level that you can. Truth is, you ain't going to be Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, working like I'm working. So that's why I enjoy doing what I do with reality television. It is what it is. Well, maybe some improv, maybe some uh, type of curb your enthusiasm or something like that. But you were talking about a while ago, uh, you you do some uh, comedic stuff. Yes. Uh, And and I'm I'm a funny guy. But I'm not a stand up comedian. And I, I say that with all due respect because I have so much respect for the stand up act. Uh, and so it's a whole different ballgame. But I, I'm, I'm enamored and in love with uh, uh, the improv stuff. But that being said, I'm not a comedian. I'm just I happen to be a pretty funny guy doing a podcast. Uh, the improv stuff is absolutely amazing when you start breaking it down. And we just recently lost, you know, Robin Williams, who was probably one of the greatest improvisation guys of all time. Such a sad story, uh, but that guy was just absolutely uh, peerless at what he did.
0: Well, don't sell yourself short. You're a fearless guy too. I'm hanging in there, brother. We enjoy what you do, and thank you so much for your time, Steve. You got it. Good luck with your podcast. Thank you, sir. And we're wrapping up with someone that's been a, a big part of my wrestling fandom for many, many years. And I know you're going, well, you just chose John Cena because he's the biggest name. In part, yes, absolutely. But I've seen this guy since the days of UPW. So, uh, you know, what NXT is and in the, in the idea of many people now. So seeing him in the indie Leagues and then being at WrestleMania 30 at a press conference and then asking the man a question uh was just this big culmination for me. So this this one is sentimental and means a lot to me. Um and just the, the one time where I got to ask Cena this question in the setting and I've had a chance to talk to him since here and there, but this was just a, a really big moment for me. So enjoy John Cena. <laughs> Two more questions. The You've talked uh a lot about your legacy the the this match is about your legacy with Bray Wyatt. Yes. What is in your future? You've accomplished so much. You've accomplished so many goals that only so many could dream of, and even you as a kid holding that belt have dreamed of. What else is next for you?
7: First of all, thank you for the kind of words. Second of all, when I say legacy, I, I say what I've, what I've built here in the WWE. Every time you have a match, you make an impression, and you guys will find out tonight that uh, I'm not exactly the with favorite son. Some people will like me. Some people won't like me. But I think what's fascinating about what I've done here is I've always stuck to my guns. I've always been open and honest, I had conversations like this. Just like, you know, we're, we're talking and hanging out. Uh, I don't really hide anything. My life is an open book, even more so now with Phil Davis, Bill, while WrestleMania is going on. So, y'all better DVR tonight. Um, and as these, as these new talent come up, there's no shame in losing to a better opponent. There isn't. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. The shame in tonight losing is this young man wants to make a statement that I'm a liar and he wants to put on notice everything that I've tried to work with every every conversation we've ever had every question I've ever answered is false and once the lights go out there's a bad Santa behind this curtain that's not really me and that's another thing that's where it gets personal and tonight when I say I fight for my legacy like I said I don't don't mind losing to the the rock you know, I don't mind being defeated by if, if, if it's a, a new and up-and-coming superstar, but when their motive is that to destroy what I've built. That's not sportsmanship. That's not class. That's not the right way to do things. So that's what's on the line for me tonight, to make a statement. Not only that truly the future comes through me, but it certainly isn't going to be somebody that's trashed off of Bray
4: Wyatt. Last question? Maybe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. I mean, uh, Look at all the names. Roman Reigns, Terry Funk, Dean Ambrose, Tommy Ann, Dana Bryan, John Morrison, ODB, Steve Austin, John Cena, so many more. Well, guys, we've also talked to other people in the past. Go check out the catalog of episodes. You can hear other guys, J.J. Dillon, uh, Heath Slater, Pete Gass, and there will be more to come in the future, I assure you. Next week, we'll have another best of inter- uh, Best of, well, it'll be different stuff. It'll be some of our best bits of the show. And in a couple weeks' time, I'll be back bringing you new episodes with new content, new guest hosts, new segments, all kinds of new stuff. So, of course, ProWrestlingLoot.com. Use that promo code JERKS. Save 10% off your first loot. Guys, if you want even more interviews, you can hear me on Wrestling Compadres Slamcast. Go to their Facebook page, and you will see interviews, videos that we shot with people uh, at WrestleMania Weekend with uh, Sasha Banks, with Apollo Crews, with Bray Wyatt, AJ Styles, all sat down with us, and they indulged in my stupid questions, which always makes me happy, and uh, got a couple laughs out of everybody. So check that out as well. Uh, a lot of great stuff coming up, and YouTube.com/onyourmarkshow. If you've never seen the show, I don't know what you're doing. If you like this show, you'll love that show. Go check that out. Um, Marky Extreme invaded PWG and uh, WrestleCon videos from this year will be up very very soon, and there. <laughs> going to be some crazy stuff maybe that's that marty Jannetty bit i was talking about so be sure to check that out as well so for curtain jerks i'm scott narver and enjoy your wrestling kids